0: the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: You know, it's interesting. Over the last 74 years, there has been something referred to as the doomsday clock, and it really is a symbol or a saying that represents the likelihood of a man-made global catastrophe. And over the last 70 years, the doomsday clock, uh, when it was initiated in 1947, the hands were set at seven minutes to midnight. Now it's been set forward and occasionally backwards over two dozen times since then. And periodically they've put the hands at 11.59, that man is just about ready to do himself in. And uh, generally, it's moved forward towards doomsday twice as many times as it's been set backwards, meaning that maybe man has given himself a stay of execution. But I welcome you to Exploring the Word. And I say that because in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says, Rejoice evermore. Now, evermore is a word that refers to time. We are to be always rejoicing. Why? Because things are always going great? Well, not necessarily, but we can rejoice evermore because the Lord Jesus is in control. And we welcome you to today's edition of Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here with Bert Harper. We're in 1 Thessalonians 5. Welcome you to turn there. And, you know, Bert, um, we're not always happy because, you know, hey, I... I don't like it when I have a flat tire on the car or uh, I get an unexpected bill in the mail, but the Christian can always evermore be joyful because that speaks of something really bigger and beyond happiness, doesn't it?
2: It does, and when you think of that, you can't help but think of Paul's earlier or later writings uh, in the book of Philippians, the theme is joy, and he was in jail when that, was, that book was written. And uh, so joy is not based upon your circumstance, it's based upon the relationship. Whereas I've heard it happen, happiness is based upon what's happening to you. And, and I think that's not a bad gauge. Uh, you know, over in the Bible it talks about this is the day the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and then be glad in it. Well the day that the Lord is made is no doubt the day Jesus hung on the cross that it's referring to that. But then it says, we will rejoice and be glad. Rejoicing has that inward, Alex, and that gladness is expressed outwards. So the mm-hmm. first thing he does here uh, in this list of admonitions, exhortations, is bring up joy. In other words, that which takes place on the inside. Uh, if you're if you're not right on the inside I don't care what's happening on the outside, it's going to be distorted. But Mm. if we can get right with that which is within us, so this would bring us one more thing, actions and attitude. I found out when my attitude is right, my actions tend to follow. But my actions do affect my attitude. I admit that. You know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But it's Mm -hmm. that inward part that, that God does. Good illustration of that is Lyndon Baines Johnson's War on Poverty. He right. was determined to help there, and so he took people out of the Appalachians and hopefully put them uh, from, from shacks into homes. Uh, he took them out of, quote, the ghettos and put, put them in apartments that were so much better. But guess what? It wasn't long because the inside wasn't changed that those circumstances that they had placed them in, they had worked their way downward anyway. So mm. the greatest job we have is to help people inwardly realize who they are in Christ and respond outwardly.
1: Amen. Well said. Well said. Well, the larger context of 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, it says that, uh, you know, there there's darkness and there's wrath coming, but we Christians are of the light and we have these final words of comfort and counsel and there's, I've always loved the way that uh, my particular Bible that I've got, Bert, lays it out. Uh, Don't render evil for evil. Rejoice evermore. There's kind of a list of things that are the, the do's and don'ts of a healthy Christian life. But it says pray without ceasing. You remember in Luke 18:1, Jesus said men ought to always pray and not to, not to faint or give up. And isn't one of the keys to the balanced Christian life and the joyful spirit to be ever in a a posture of prayer, Bert? I mean, just bringing everything to God.
2: It is. You ever heard of pray and hide? Uh, uh, H-Y-D-E. Yeah, H-Y-D-E, a man of God. And they feared him on his knees more than most men uh, with a weapon in their hand. And, and and this is what we're talking pray without ceasing and uh, this is not meaning you go around uttering or sputtering words all the time but it does mean you stay in that relationship what is prayer it's communicating with god so alex i am to stay in constant communion with god you know constant mm-hmm. uh that i and, and you know what that causes us to keep Keep a short prayer list. Uh, by that I Amen. mean, you know, confess your sins when, immediately. Oh, yeah. Uh, check that attitude immediately. In other words, y- if you we're going to be able to pray without ceasing, we're going to have to get things right quickly.
1: You know, Ruth Graham famously said, marriage is the union of two forgivers, and somebody sort of amplified that, and it goes to the always praying. Somebody said, you know, a good marriage is a union of uh, of frequent forgivers and frequent repenters. And so th- this thing of praying without ceasing, you know, it does remind me of Ephesians 6, uh, 18, you know, after the the armor of God, you know, very famous passage in Ephesians 6, you know, strength in God, protection uh, from God, provision. But it says in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In other words, praying always, talking with God, supplication, those are our requests to God, watching. In other words, keeping oversight over over my own heart and my soul. And I I really think one's um, oversight of his heart Uh, is dependent on prayer, because as we communicate with God, and we walk with God, and we just breathe, inhale and exhale, mindful of the things of the Lord, the Spirit of God speaks to us. We get our perseverance through that, but then supplication for all the saints. We're to pray for others and pray for the church. And if, if you think about all the wonderful things that we can pray about, and I think The first and foremost is gratitude to the Lord, praising God for 5,000 blessings a day. All that much praying, you will be praying without ceasing. Am (laughs) I right?
2: Amen. And remember, prayer is a two-way street, okay? You're not just speaking and letting your heart be shared. You're listening. Have those spiritual ears on. God, you know, my sheep hear my voice. Alex, uh, Part of prayer is hearing from God. Now, again, it will never contradict the Word of God. I've heard too many people, well, I prayed about it, and God said, and it's yeah, oh, right yeah. the opposite of what God's Word is laid out, plain. That is miscommunication. I'll put it that way. But God does communicate with us, and he'll speak peace to us in a storm. He will He will bring about these things. So pray without ceasing. Uh, it it you know what says be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes it's just being quiet before God. Uh here I am, Lord. You know, I your your servant hears you and and you Amen. get into the word of God and let him speak to you. Yeah, it's again, these are eight admonitions that if you had an eight cylinder car it would be running great if we could practice all these that we're talking about today.
1: Mm. Uh, do you remember back in 1 Samuel chapter 3 when uh, uh, Samuel was told, when God calls you, say, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Amen. And, and that, that should be all of us, you know. But it says in verse 18 of uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, do you remember in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, it says this is the will of God, even your sanctification." But over here in First Thessalonians 5 says this is the will of God that we give thanks. If you are giving thanks, if you are yielded to your Savior, then you will be sanctified and you'll be more and more conformed to the image of Christ. Am I right?
2: You're right. And there's a very important word here in everything, give thanks. I think you've got to combine that with Romans eight twenty eight, that, you know, God works all things for good. There's some things that happen, Alex, that are wrong, they're bad, they're horrible. We can look at it today, what's taking place in Afghanistan with Christians being hunted down and slain, Americans being hindered from from getting out, and again, it is bad. But here's the amazing part of the sovereignty of God, and we talk about the sovereignty of God, His will, His power, is God is able, and I don't know how he will do it, but God is able to bring that into good. So what in this whole uh, debacle, we give thanks to God. God, thank you that those Christians are there and you're not forsaking them. God, we thank you that those believers are there and they're sticking together and they're dependent upon you. So in all these things, Alex, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. God, God's will is for us to have a grateful spirit, grateful gratitude in, in our lives. That's his will for us, isn't it?
1: Well, it is, and it's a good will. I, I mean, it is, because, listen, to be joyful, if if you're willing to just, the, like the old, I saw a bumper sticker, it said, praise God anyway. Well, <laughs> you, you know, it's not merely this resolve, well, I'm just going to be blind, I'll turn a blind eye to the problems of this world. No, I mean, if you focus on just all the negatives, you'll, you'll just about, well, you'll get depressed. I mean, really, if, if not give yourself a stomach ulcer. But I honestly think looking at the fact that God is in control, that's reality. Bert, I, I don't want to get us off track, but I, I do think um, gratitude and praise is one of the keys to verse 19, which says, do not quench the Spirit, all right? And few things will quench the work of the Spirit. Imagine, let's say you're trying to get a bonfire going, and you're about to get, you know, the wood is about to strike, and well, after all this hard work, there's going to be a fire started, and somebody throws a bucket of water on it. It's (laughs) quenched. It really means suppressed. And the work of the Holy Spirit is often suppressed by ingratitude, just uh, being grumpy, ungrateful. Few things fan the flame of God's work like joy. Few things quench a move of the Spirit like ingratitude, disobedience, backbiting, um, holding a grudge against a brother or sister. Uh, just being a negative Nelly, the naysayers, you know. Uh, And when it says in verse 19, don't quench, it really means do not suppress the spirit. And uh, may the Lord help that none of us are spirit quenchers.
2: Amen, Alex. Don't throw water on it, on other people too. Uh, Let me just share that with you, the spirit that's working in you, is also working in others, don't throw water, don't don't uh, just throw away what they're doing. Grieve not the spirit, and quench not the spirit. Walk in the spirit. That's what mm-hmm. we desire to do. We're gonna hear more of what Paul encouraged the church at Thessalonica to be a part of their life when we come back.
3: This is Pause to Pray a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
0: Today, we pray for Hugh Frader, CEO of the Federal National Mortgage Association, otherwise known as Fannie Mae. Fannie Mae works to create more mortgage opportunities in the United States. 2 Corinthians 9.6 reminds us of the importance of investing. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Hugh Freider as he helps create investment opportunities in this country. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen.
3: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org.
0: A deep sense of hope keeps you pointed toward the future. But Dr. Tony Evans says it also has an important benefit in the here and now. He'll take us to Hebrews 6.19 today as we spend two minutes with Tony.
4: Why is this principle so critical? He says this is an anchor for the soul. What does an anchor do? It holds a boat steady. When the boat drops the anchor, it keeps the boat in place in spite of how windy it is outside. So the wind is, the wind is blowing all over the place and the boat may be rocking but it never leaves the pier because the anchor has been dropped. This is an anchor for the soul. The reason you need to know about, I need to know about the priesthood of Jesus Christ is it will hold you steady in bad weather. It will hold you steady when it's not working out at home, not working out in the job, not working out with the finances, not working out in the health, not working out in in your mental well-being. If Things are not just working out for you and you are tempted to be blown away. But if there is an anchor that holds you steady in spite of the turbulence you are facing, he says it holds you steady and it is a sure and steadfast hope.
0: Discover what the Bible calls the blessed hope, the confidence that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross can free us from sin and guarantee us an eternal future in heaven. That assurance can be yours today. Visit TonyEvans.org and click on the Jesus link in the top menu. Tony has a short video that'll explain everything and some free resources that outline the next steps. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revow your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. 1 Peter 3, 14-16. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word.
4: desperate place. Father, I know you can bear the weight. Father, take me in your arms as I speak Bird, This is
2: Bird and Alex, and we are finishing up the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, you just hold on. This is good stuff, but it says mm. rejoice and give thanks Uh, My wife just sent me a notice, and we've been praying about Afghanistan. It's been on our hearts and our minds. And our partner, Samaritan Purse, has just let us know that they've gotten several Christians out of Afghanistan, about 700 people in one day, and they also got about 80 missionary families out of the country. They were able to get there and get them out in three trips And we're just praising the Lord. So, Alex, I just feel like we need to pray. Uh, Again, we're praying for America because I think this demonstrates uh, our callousness sometimes of how Mm. we do things. And we grow harsh and hard without the Spirit of God. Would it be all right if I prayed and let us in prayer? Yes. Father, I thank you that... The good report we're getting about some of the believers that are being able to be delivered from Afghanistan. Thank you for Samaritan's Purse and other ministries that are involved in direct response to the need. And I pray you'd give them protection, Father. I pray that you would just give them strength. Thank you for the people that I know that have given of their resources to pay for these flights and pay for that which is going on, and we thank you for it. Thank you for those missionary families that have been over there laboring while the, while this narrow window of opportunity took place. And I thank you that they have found safety. And the ones that are left, God, we're praying that you would help them, strengthen them, those that don't make it, Father. It's like the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, there were some that were delivered, but there's some that were not. It's the same faith, Father. And I pray that their faith would endure uh, enduring faith is a lot mm. of times stronger than escaping faith. So I pray that you would strengthen their lives and help them. I pray for us here in America that yeah. we would be the people that we've been uh, in our past, a people who love and care for humanity that desires to do good unto man. And Father, I pray that you would revive in us a Spirit of the Lord Jesus, and that the church might stand strong, and we might look at these eight things that Paul listed here about rejoicing, about prayer, about thanksgiving, about living a life that's worthy. Father, I pray that we would let you have your way in our lives. Help us here on Exploring the Word to follow you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Hey, Bert, I wanted to mention that last night, yesterday, uh, I hosted the Hamilton Corner, which is 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 to 6 Central, and so forth. You can find it on AFR.net. And I had a guest on, uh, a decorated veteran uh, from Afghanistan, Victor Marks, and he talked about how ministries like Samaritan's Purse are getting people out. And um, I don't want to get us off topic, but you know, There are former soldiers and there are private entities that are mobilizing to rescue American citizens from Afghanistan that is um, not really being fully done by the American government. So uh, we devoted a whole show to talking about that last night on the Hamilton Corner. But, you know, you mentioned Samaritan Spurs, how I thank God for all that they do. Franklin Graham and all of his staff, uh, human relief, medical care. Rescues, humanitarian work, and all done with the message of the gospel. And that's just so exciting about the fact that such a a powerful, wonderful, godly entity like Samaritan's Purse exists.
2: Amen. Aren't you glad we've got partners like that? I mean, you know, when Jesus sent them out, he sent them out two by two. He didn't say, go out there and be the only one. Now, if you're the only one standing, you stand. But praise God. Most of the time, you're not the only one. Uh, right. Elijah found that out. God, God told him, exactly. he said, Elijah, I'm glad you hadn't bowed the knee, but I got a bunch more guys that hadn't done that either. And, well, uh,
1: and uh, I, let me, let me just say this to myself living in North Carolina and I'm in Boone around, you know, Samaritan's Purse is in Boone and the Billy Graham ministry. Uh, part of it is in Asheville and much of it is in Charlotte, but Being around Charlotte and North Carolina, I mean, I know lots and lots and lots of the people that work for these entities and have met Franklin Graham, myself on many occasions, and I want to say they are for real. These these people are the real deal. They are legitimate, and I thank God for them.
2: And we rejoice in that and pray for them, keeping to our and then it says, do not despise prophecies. Now, that's not just future events. Prophets had two jobs, telling and foretelling. And mm-hmm. guess what? If you look at the prophets all the way from Isaiah to Malachi, most of their time was telling. In other words, they right. were t- speaking to the issues of the day. Yes, Praise God for those that prophesied the future about Bethlehem, the virgin conceiving. Yes, we do. But, Alex, do not despise them. Uh, do, you know, listen, these people have a word from God. We need to take warning. Uh, but the prophecy is just like prayer. It's guided by the Word of God, is it not?
1: Well, it really is. And, and do you know what it it really means? uh despise not prophesying, verse 20, and it really means don't hold the, the truth of God's Word in contempt. Because, you know, it's one thing, the, the forth telling of God's Word, another thing, the foretelling of future events, which I can't do, but I can definitely, with the Spirit's help, forth the content of God's Word. And there are parts of Scripture that some people don't like. I mean, you know. Um, <laughs> so you what know, are they going to do?
2: Throw it out? <laughs> yeah.
1: Love your neighbor. Turn the other cheek. Uh, Sermon on the Mount. Okay. We that that's good. But First Corinthians six. You know, <laughs> sodomites and whoremongers, unless they repent, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, that's hard shell. Leave that out. No. We're not to despise. The prophesying's of God's word, Amen, and and really God's servants, but specifically God's word. Now, verse twenty-one. Interesting. Uh, the King James renders it "prove all things, hold fast to that which is good." Prove. W- what does that mean? It, it means to test. Uh, that's one thing. To test, examine, to understand, to study all things. Uh, Bert, we are to internalize the Word of God, and look at life's circumstances in light of the Word of God.
2: Amen. It should be a sieve. In other words, we filter things, Alex. uh, We filter. Do you remember uh, the church at Berea? Do you remember what uh, the Bible said, Luke said about them when he was writing Acts? He said, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they what? check the word of God to see if those things were so. They were listening. Yes, they did. But when they heard it, they went back to the scriptures to say, is this thing so? So the seed of of scripture, uh, you filter it. You see what it says. And so you test all things. Uh, Is this the will of God? Uh, You know, the job, does it fit? And it says, hold fast to what is good. In other words, uh, the opposite of that would be what? loose that which is bad you know uh mm-hmm. don't go there don't hang on to it don't hold to it uh release that which is evil hold to that which is good i uh again test all things it's kind of like a sayer you know uh yeah. you know checking uh, exactly. out yeah that's yes. it comes from that very idea of checking is this gold or is it fool's gold which one is oh, wow. it wow
1: yes and and the the assayer would would determine what the true value was because what the true wealth was. Okay, hold fast to that which is good, says verse 21. Then, I like 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Now, I think we uh, we know we should avoid evil, but even from the appearance of it. And I want to say this is not legalism. That This is not legalism, but I said this the other day, uh, we've got to remember that that we are not our own and we we do represent the lord you know i'm not at liberty to say well hey i'm free in christ i'll just do whatever i want to do no uh, i represent the lord i'm accountable to god i'm accountable to someone around me who may be the weaker brother and isn't it uh obedience to the lord and deference and care for the witness of the gospel that prompts me to abstain from the very appearance of evil.
2: Alex, uh, I think this could be misconstrued or used either way. Uh, but it's it, in other words, notice when this comes. It comes right after testing all things and hold to that which is good. Now, what's going to be dismissed? Those things that are evil, you know, see what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Test all things, hold to that mm-hmm. which is good. After you hold to that which is good, what do you do? You abstain from that very appearance of evil. You don't even give room to it. Uh, You don't give even a shadow of it. Uh, Hold to that which is good. That's the word. Hold fast to it. You uh, cling to that which is good, but that which is evil, even appearance of evil, push away. Push aside. So we're talking about this liberty and this freedom. And Paul was a big guy on liberty and freedom, and we are too. But it has its boundaries. Real freedom always has boundaries. If freedom doesn't have boundaries, it will be suicide. It will be, you know, harmful. So these boundaries that we have abstain from that which even has the uh, appearance of that, you know. uh, Alex, I heard this said one time, if you're going up a mountain— uh you know you don't get as close and you're driving up the mountain you don't get as and the road is that way you don't drive your car as close to the edge as you can without falling off because you Mm. never know what might happen you get as close as you can to the mountain where it is close and safe if you stay on that edge of of evil or something bad happening all the time uh you know you're taking a chance of of endangering yourself. So I think it is saying, uh, you know, stay that, stay hold on to that which is good.
1: Well, I'm going to bring up a word from First Thessalonians five twenty two, and by the way, the closing salutation. Maybe uh, Jim Stanley and I'll uh, kind of unpack this tomorrow. Uh, 23 through 28 and and we can get there maybe but let's camp out on 22 for just a minute sounds stand good to firm. me
2: brother amen
1: I'm going to throw a word out here that you don't hear much anymore but when when I first became a believer I'm so thankful I heard some preachers preach on this and I frankly I think we need to circle back and revisit this word but it's the word holiness. And I think sometimes, Bert, uh, people maybe look at the word holiness with kind of a, I don't know, a little bit of a misunderstanding. It's not some piety like, you know, I'm, I'm up on some high horse. But weren't we called out of gratitude, love, witness? Uh, Weren't we called to live a set-apart life, a sanctified life?
2: Alex, be ye holy, for I am holy, saith the Lord. He also said, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. God has called us to holiness. Uh, The word sanctified that Paul spends a good bit of time on in 1 Thessalonians comes from a word that we get the word holy from sanctified and it sets us apart holiness means that we're set aside to god and for god that was the whole idea and if you've been made right with god you've been bought with a price therefore what do you do glorify god in your bodies and that calls us to be holy that causes us to be set apart now alex we're not to Try to be obnoxiously different. Where to? uh, You know what, Doctor Rogers? uh, Here we go. We got to quote Doctor Rogers. We hadn't done it this week, I don't think. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Amen. He said, "We need to be naturally supernatural." and supernatural naturally. In other Mm. words, we are this holiness that we have. It needs to just be a part of our lives. It's not put on. It's not acting like. No, it's Christ living his life in you, and it comes through you. And and I just want to tell you, Christ in our lives, that's the holiness doing what he wants us to do.
1: Amen. There there was a man, uh, and he's I'm sure from 200 years ago, a man named William Law. I've got a really, really good book called The Gospel in Genesis. It's a 200-year-old book, but it really does talk about the, com- the promise of Jesus, even all the way back in the book of Genesis. I, I want to share a couple of quotes, but uh, William Henry Law, he said, if you have not chosen the kingdom of God and Jesus, in the end it will make no difference whatever else you have chosen instead, you know. And we, But he goes on and he says this alone is Christianity, a universal holiness in every part of our life, not conforming to the spirit and temper of the world, but turning all worldly enjoyments into devotion to God. Now, let me pull out that phrase that, that William Law said, a universal holiness in every part of life. And, and again, it's not being... Prideful and haughty and on up on some spiritual high horse. But all of life is yielded to Jesus, and we abstain from all appearance of evil. And, Bert, uh, I think we need to remember whose we are and who we represent.
2: When you list your priorities, don't list them vertically. List them horizontally and put God over every one of them. Mm. He is. That's the way we should do it. Hey, we're going to take phone calls. 888-589-8840.
0: In His image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality.
3: I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was. All the scripture to back it up.
5: The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child
0: that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. America's being shaken. Afghanistan was taken over. COVID vaccines aren't stopping the new variant. And droughts, wildfires, and flooding are happening across the nation. It's time to ask why calamities are happening. Maybe God is trying to get our attention by removing his hand of blessing. Washington can't solve all our problems. We need to return to God by getting on our knees, repenting of our sins, and asking God to forgive us and heal our land. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org.
3: Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. In his October 11, 1798 address to the Massachusetts militia, John Adams, second president of the United States and founding father, said, Our Constitution was made only for moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. He understood that in order for the American Constitutional Republic to survive long-term, the Church in America must make disciples of its populace. And immoral people will always destroy themselves through lawlessness. To think otherwise is to suffer under a grand delusion. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner
0: or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you, always having all sufficiency for all things, may have an abundance for every good work. FedEx produced an ad mimicking the movie *Castaway*. The ad shows a rescued FedEx worker delivering a package he had kept unopened all the years he was stranded on a desert island. He hands the package to the recipient and says, I'm curious, what's in it? Oh, she says, just a satellite phone, some seeds, and a water purifier. Everything your family needs is available to you in Jesus Christ. When you pray for Him to provide and then His provision comes, you'll be all the more aware that it is He. Who has provided. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Just give me
4: Jesus.
2: You know, that's what we want to do, give you Jesus. And that's what this program is really all about, is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to go to the phone calls in just a moment. But let me just share with you, Alex already said Jim Stanton is going to be sitting in. Uh, I'll be in southern Georgia, down close to Sylvester, Georgia. The next few days, looking forward to that, being at Sylvester First Baptist Church, Isabella Baptist Church, Antioch Baptist Church, and I'll be working, uh, speaking at a men's conference and uh, pastors and wives, so it's going to be a busy weekend and looking forward to it. But man, aren't we blessed to have a pinch hitter like Jim Stanley to come in, Alex?
1: Oh, he is great, and of course, we just, obviously, Bert and I, we feel like we've got Holy Spirit chemistry on air, but Jim Stanley is great, and he's so knowledgeable, and Jim and I talked earlier today about the uh, content tomorrow. I do want to remind everybody, our book is coming out. Bert and I have a book. This is our first book we've done together, 100 Bible Questions and Answers from the First Ten Years of Exploring the Word and Broad Street Publishers of Minnesota. Did that. It's, it's coming out everywhere, and you're going to learn how you can get one during Charathon, too. And I, I do want to say a very quick, quick word about Truth for a New Generation coming up October 15 through 17, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Frank Turek, Sandy Rios, E.W. Jackson, Mickey Addison, myself. It's going to be amazing. And we're going to, among other things, I mean, a, a dozen topics, but not the least of which is a biblical response to cancel culture and the woke movement. You can register at alexmcfarland.com. Well, Bert, how about we go to some calls?
2: Go right ahead. Let's take them.
1: Brandon in North Carolina, my home state of North Carolina. Brandon, where are you, if I may ask?
5: A uh, little town called Stony Point.
1: Stony Point, uh, all right.
5: It's sort of, yeah, it's sort of near Hickory State area.
1: I know I know where that is, uh, but we're glad to have you. And uh what's your call? The first call of the right out of the blocks on today's show.
5: Well thank you. Um it's uh in the first couple of verses of Genesis it talks about the spirit and it hovered over the water. Now what was the water? Can you elaborate on that more before creation and just Give me an idea of, of, of how to wrap my mind around this whole
2: idea. Okay. Part, mm. let me give you a quick, and this is how Alex and I work. I give a quick answer response, and Alex fills in all the blanks. I'm glad Alex is here. But it seems like that God, Brandon, would bring the dirt or the earth out of the water. And uh, it was a murky Anytime you have that water, it's kind of, I think it was murky looking, and God formed it and brought it out and had a separation, Alex, the separation of the water from the land, and he mm-hmm. brought the land out of it. That's the best understanding that I've had. Have you had one better than that? or?
1: No, I agree. It seems to be not only water relative to planet Earth, but a vapor canopy of water up in the the sky, because if you read Genesis one six and seven, uh, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. So the firmament is the waters up in the sky, and then the waters on the earth. And uh, you know it says the Spirit of God hovered above the waters and the the face of the deep. That's verse two. Uh, interestingly, that it it seems to imply that before this, before the division of land and sea, um, the earth would have been uninhabitable. And in ordering the creation, uh, God was preparing for what would happen on day six, the creation of man. Um, I don't understand it all, but when I read Genesis 1, Bert, I'm seeing that God made an orderly creation. He spoke it into existence and he was preparing it for um the 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 greatest part of creation humanity
2: amen i love i love that before he made the birds he made the sky for them to to uh you know fly in. before he made the fish he made the water for them to swim in i you know god did it orderly and and uh, desiring and so johnny thank you uh, Marty says we need to go to Allie in Texas next. Uh, Alex, are you all right doing Allie that? Allie in
1: Texas. Yeah. We got Allie right here. Yeah, Allie, go ahead, welcome Allie. To. Yes.
3: Hi.
2: Yes, go Hi. right ahead.
3: Um, yes, this is um. Allie. I am Jonathan's mom, and Jonathan has called in a few times to the radio. I don't know if y'all remember him. He I says,
2: remember uh, Jonathan. We, yes, we do. Yes.
3: <laughs> yes, and so. um. Jonathan has actually been sick these past couple of days, and um, he loves to listen to your show. He's always wanting to call. Like, if I let him, he would call every day because he always <laughs> has a question for y'all. And um, But he's been sick, and he's. Um, I, I just wanted to ask for prayer for him because um, he's not feeling well at all. And, and I know he would appreciate if Alex and Bert prayed for him.
2: Amen. Alex, are you—man, we're humbled by— you calling in to let us feel part of the prayer team praying for Jonathan. Alex, uh, Amen. I think we can do that, don't you?
1: Let, let's pray. Dear dear Lord, we thank you so much for Allie calling in. And we thank you for Jonathan, this this young man who calls in frequently. And we love to hear his voice. We're moved and inspired by the way he thinks and how He uh, is eagerly learning of you. So help him to feel better. Lord, I just pray he would be fine and nothing wrong. And uh, Lord, we join together as a Bible study. And Lord, I want to pray long term for Jonathan, just that your hand would be upon his life. You would raise him up and he would be in time as he grows up for his whole life. That Jonathan would be a mighty leader for you. And we commit him to you and thank you for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
2: You know, Jesus said, when those apostles said, don't let those little kids come up here, Jesus got on to him and said, guys, get out of the way. Let those children come to me. And uh, so praise the Lord that we're going to be praying for Jonathan. Thank you, Allie. Where did we go to mm-hmm. next, Alex?
1: Uh, how about Johnny in Mississippi? Uh, Johnny, welcome to Exploring the Word.
3: Thank you. Good My to have you. My question is... Um, You know, it says the Lord cometh like a thief in the night, and I know he's going to come when he wants to,
1: but in verse 3 it says, but when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction. So my question is, it seems to me like in this time of COVID and
3: Afghanistan and other things, it seems like, wow, it's time for the Lord to come back. But reading that scripture there, it seems like he might say during a peaceful time. What do you think about that? Amen. Good
2: Mm -hmm. question, Johnny. I saw that, and what stuck out to me and Alex, I don't want you, I want you to respond, is they. Have you ever heard that word, they are going to say something they, uh, I remember when I was pastoring and we'd do something that's kind of out there trying to reach people and uh, somebody would say, what are they going to say? And I said, who is they? I think, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny, that's a good question. What they are saying. I think it's people that have an agenda and, I uh, think their answers will bring peace, but it really doesn't. Alex, go, you go ahead now, brother.
1: Well, you know, I, I, the thing is, the Bible says that the Lord will come at a time when you think not. And, um, you know, while there's always going to be wars and rumors of war conflict, uh, we just don't know. The clear, unequivocal thing is that we're to be ready and to be faithful. And whenever he does come, uh, we'll meet him unashamed, 1 John 2 28. But I got to tell you, it seems like eschatology, which is the study of last things, end time things, people are talking, asking questions. And uh, the fact that the end times are so prominently on the minds of everyone makes me think it's being in, something to be informed about. By the way, I, I will say this, Bert. We just got another email two hours ago from somebody who said, how can I get the, the Daniel Revelation study that Bert and I did on Exploring the Word? And you'll find it uh, at AFA store, um, afa.store.net. But right now I want to go to Kentucky. Jake in Kentucky. Uh, Jake, thanks for holding. Welcome to the program. By, by the way, the number, 888 Welcome, Jake.
5: Yeah, I wanted to make sure you finished, please. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my question, I have two questions, if I may, sir. Okay. Um, my first one is um, in Romans chapter uh, 16, it's the closing verses. It says, and I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, uh, salute thee. Does Does Luke mention him anywhere in Acts, or, or is he just a scribe that just... Put his name on on Paul's letter right there, cause he cause he wanted to say, you know, hey, I'm I'm the guy writing for Paul here, and whatever.
1: Let me look at I Acts nineteen.
5: Write, I know he couldn't always write everything himself, um, sometimes.
2: Yeah, back um. then. Keep up your second question. I think we can do this pretty quick. Uh, you know, what would happen? uh paul had in those days and i learned this in college and seminary in amanuensis it's more than a secretary it is someone that takes it down as it is read and there's no doubt when you see all these names uh paul is telling him this is this is who is here paul loves these people and he names them and there's no doubt that he didn't drop it I, i believe with all my heart paul said hey Man, thank you. You put that in there and tell them that God is using you. Uh, That's in Mm -hmm. verse 22. I don't know of another place. Alex, uh, there's um, there's 110 times names that are used in the book of Acts. Is he one of them? I'm trying to. Well,
1: this is amazing. In one commentary, and this is just something we simply can't know, there were some early commentators that thought this might be Silas that uh, Tertius of Romans 16.22 might have been uh, a, a nickname or a pen name for Silas. You know, Paul and Silas were co-workers. Um, the, the full backstory on Tertius, as far as I've been able to find, we just simply don't know. Yeah.
2: That, now, let me just say a word. I won't take long. That thrills me. In other mm-hmm. words, uh, you didn't have to do be the Apostle Paul or Apostle Peter to get your name uh, in on this. You know, Alex, it's people who were serving the Lord quietly sometimes and just being there, you know. uh, It tells me God notices everything, you know. And and that blesses me when I read the Word and I see all these names. Thank you, Jake. What was your second question? Do it quickly.
5: All right. I had one other question for for the two of you um uh i heard a um advertisement on on afr uh describing the uh sheriff on you you guys are having coming up in october mm-hmm. and it gave you another and it gave you another number uh to call to get in on that i don't know what. The-
2: okay yeah we don't know about that uh jake i wished we did uh,
1: as we get closer, yeah. we'll have all the details on yeah, that. Yeah,
2: it will be there. Sorry, we that's one answer we don't have, and but we appreciate Hey, we're thankful you listen to AFR as much as you do. Keep listening, and I'm sure it'll be made clear. Thank you, Jake.
1: All right. Well, Michael in Alabama. Michael, uh, where in Alabama are you, if you don't mind oh. me asking?
3: yet hey, we are just... Um on the uh, other side of Tupelo, um, east, southeastern, by about 70 or 80 miles, which are south of Hamilton, Alabama. Oh, yeah. Here's Wonderful. Th- questions I've wanted to ask you for several months since you all, uh, since both of you uh, covered the Book of Luke. Uh, before I ask the question, uh, I'm extremely uh, grateful and proud of all of you that you had a special day of prayer for um, Everyone in Afghanistan, may I ask all of you, all the listeners out there, to pray for uh, victims of natural disasters, also in some uh, huge mission fields for the go- resistant mission fields for the gospel in Japan and in Turkey. and um, I've heard that Afghani refugees are going to spill into uh, some of them will be taken to South American countries which have already had their own problems with refugees, like Venezuelan refugees in Colombia um, and Greece, um, the wildfires they've had there. Please, oh, and of course, Haiti. Please let's pray for the people there. Oh, to be yeah. to the And missionaries have enough um, relief supplies and schools in a box and so forth.
2: Michael, we, we are, we and, and that is constant. On our program, Exploring Missions, we try to cover so much of that, and it's all over. Even here in America, Eight oh, Days of Hope explaining. has just gone to Waverly, Tennessee, Alex. Uh, they had flooding mm-hmm. there. The fires that's taken place out west is just devastating, so many. So uh, I, a lot of judgment. I, I don't know if it is God's judgment. In the Old Testament, I'm afraid it would be saying, look what God is doing to try to get our attention. I don't think we think that way here in 2021, you know?
1: Yeah. Wow. I appreciate that, Michael. And we do need to care. You know, when Paul wrote, you know, remember my bonds, we need to pray and remember those Christians that are in harm's way, that are suffering. I mean, quite literally suf- suffering for the gospel, even as we in America often have it pretty good. But what was there um, Tell you what in the interest of time, I'm going to do my best to get Carlos in here. Carlos from Louisiana, are you there?
5: Have to be quick, Carlos. Y- yes, sir. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, Good to have yeah, you. Yeah. My question, my my question was, uh, uh, when the uh, children were taken back to Babylon, and and uh, and no, uh, Jonah was uh, supposed to go to uh, Nineveh, and Nineveh was so bad he didn't want to go. Looks to me like these people in afghanistan as acting exactly
1: about like the people in nineveh oh wow mm, mm. well you know um the the ninevites were idolaters prior to jonah's big revival and the afghan people are majority muslim either way they need jesus they need to know the true and living god
2: alex hope you and jim enjoy the rest of first thessalonians what you going to do on monday then
1: uh, we're going to start Second Thessalonians. Oh, wow,
2: that makes sense. And, <laughs> so stay with yeah, us, everybody. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys for listening to Exploring the Word here on American Family Radio. Tony Perkins is next with Watch and Watch. But tell somebody about Exploring the Word, but more importantly, tell them about Jesus.